Hello, folks. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Policy Genius, who wants you to know that while you're layering on the SPF in this summer's heat, don't forget to protect your property, too. Policy Genius can help you find ways to bundle your home and auto insurance and save on coverage. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance all in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance before. The team will handle all the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch you over from your current one. All you have to do is head over to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius just takes it from there. They compare rates from America's top insurers, from Progressive to Allstate, to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. And if they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they will switch you over for free. Their top-notch service has earned Policy Genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. So head over to PolicyGenius.com and get started right now, because when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. We're also brought to you by Decked. Do you know what Decked is? Well, you're about to. And if you own a truck, you're going to know what it's like to have stuff rattling around in the cab or under the seat and how annoying it can be to keep it organized. I hate things rattling around in my car. I hate things in my bins. I go over bumps. I hear them, and it just drives me insane. And when we were carrying camera cases around in my Ford Raptor, I mean, all those cases and all that equipment unsecured in, in the bed, exposed to the elements, exposed to potential theft. That's why I really think that if you carry stuff in your truck, you should think about the decked drawer system. Decked makes organizing so much easier, ex- accessing everything, protecting everything, and securing everything just super easy. Basically, they put this insert into your bed and they have two full bed length drawers that can carry up to 200 pounds each of whatever you've got. They roll out waist high giving you easy access to your organized tools, your gear. If you're using a truck as a camera vehicle like we were or a construction vehicle, electrical vehicle, a pool equipment, you know, whatever. They've, it's got a 2,000-pound payload capacity load floor, and the drawers slide in underneath that load floor. Plus, they're weatherproof, protecting your stuff from the elements and theft. The deck drawer system keeps your gear secure. It's out of sight, and it's out of mind. If your tailgate is locked, you can't open the drawers, and you can't remove the system. Drawer locks are available for added security and peace of mind if you need to go even further. Decked offers a full line of segmented storage or organizational accessories like toolboxes, bags, cargo tie-downs, and other items for maximum efficiency of space and your time. The deck drawer system is 100% made in the USA and backed by a three-year no-hassle warranty with second-to-none customer service team ready to answer all of your questions. Get the decked drawer system at decked.com slash smoking tire and get free shipping. That's decked.com slash smoking tire for free shipping on your decked drawer system. That's decked, D-E-C-K-E-D, dot com slash smoking tire. And, of course, J.B. Weld. They're here all year. I, I think it's all year. J.B. Weld is the world's strongest bond. If you've worked on cars, if you've worked around your house, if you've 
worked on porcelain or wood, plastics, plumbing, you know what JB Weld is already. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Whether it's DIY projects, automotive repairs, plumbing, marine, or more, JB Weld is the world's strongest bond. In fact, JB Weld products can be used on practically anything from metal or to wood to plastics, glass, ceramics, and more. Just keep a tube in the toolbox, keep a tool in the kitchen drawer. Keep one in the car or the truck. And speaking of trucks, JB Weld acquired Herculiner, which is the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, look no further. Herculiner has you covered there as well. I know that stuff is rough and tough because I rolled a bunch of it on my floor here at the shop. I made a, a rug out of it. And it actually, I don't have a truck at the moment, but I do have a floor and I did need a rug. And I made one and it was great herculiner rules so go be your strongest self use jb weld the world's strongest bond use herculiner the original diy truck bed liner it is available at jbweld.com walmart amazon home depot lowe's autozone advanced auto parts napa o'reilly michaels and more jb weld epoxy products are proudly made in the usa yeah jb weld we love them and of course Tradecraft Farms is and is always in the house with the most delightful and scrumptious THC and CBD products available legally in the state of California. If you happen to be coming through town, cruise by one of their retail locations, which you can get on their website. If you are not yet part of the legalized, civilized world, just give them a follow on Instagram, Tradecraft underscore Farms. They are good folks. We really appreciate them sponsoring our show, and their products are just delightful. Use them daily. And uh, this week on the show, Batim Barisha is in the house. He is an owner and co-founder of BBI Autosport. Just returned from Pikes Peak, where he he has uh, three podium finishes, including a first place, in three separate classes, which uh, possibly is some kind of a, a record, which is amazing. That's a, that's an unbelievable accomplishment. We talk about Porsche street cars. We talk about race cars, the mountain, the whole deal. He's an old friend, so it's very good. But Tim Barisha of BBI Autosport on the Smoking Tire Podcast. This is Batim. Hello. It's like Tim with B in front of it. Yeah. Batim. Batim. Um, what the fuck is up? You know, first. <laughs> Welcome. I'm sorry I came empty handed. We're making more. I'll no, take no, care it's of you okay. Guys. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> So no, we um, don't need you. Don't need to like you. Don't need to like kiss kiss the, yeah, the rings. Yeah. But like, I just like that shirt, and I feel like I the last that. time you got me a shirt, I wore it a lot because you care that the, your shirts are like nice shirts. They're not shitty shirts, right? Right. And that's how you get us to wear the shirt. I love it. You got to make the shirt like a shirt that you want to wear. Yeah, I can't be wearing like a paper bag. You yeah. like I have shirts that mean things that we have no fucking clue what they mean. Right. It could be some fucking like I don't know some like white nationalist shit for all I know, but I'm like, oh, this is American it's apparel. Comfortable. It's Lululemon. Yeah. Fuck, they spent money on this. <laughs> it's like you're getting booed eggs thrown at you. What is that? Oh, uh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you got you know you guys know how to do merch. Your merch mm -hmm. has always been solid as fuck. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't do enough of it, which we need to step our game up there. But we, I mean, you guys, you you make and sell real things. Who gives a shit like about car your parts. fucking merch? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
It's like, oh, should I should I put resources into this uh, T-shirt logo or this thirty-five thousand dollar three D printed titanium exhaust? Right, right. <laughs> and then and then you do start looking at, oh, let's do that shirt. And then all of a sudden, it takes up like four people's like six days. Yeah. And like, like, the oh, titanium oh. fabricator is like staring at the yeah. color, going, I don't know. I no. think maybe a little more dab of orange. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get some sparkle in there? And that's how builds take eighteen months. Bingo. Yeah. Building <laughs> this is instead. the problem. Yeah. That is like, that is kind of, I mean, that's always a problem with builds. Like, just they end up, with whether you're building a fucking car, a house, or whatever the fuck it is, why Why is I, like, there's never 100% knowns. No, ever. And and so, I, we've been doing this for, what, 13 years now? Yeah. And no matter what, every single time, it just tends to happen. Always something new. Always something. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I got to... Make one of those. Well, the machine doesn't exist to make one of those. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's make the machine. All right, we, we need to we need to make our own screws too. I mean, that's how Pikes Peak felt like this year. Really? I, I I was like at night, we were all working on the cars. And I'm like. I just want to not have to modify a bolt to go into something. I just want to take the bolt from the thing and put it in the thing. It's a At a base level, start. can we just get standard bolts? Uh, like something. Not even standard. Existing bolts. Yeah. Is it because you were fitting such specialized parts? I think that's what, it, like, the, the focus got narrowed. And then, you know, when, when you design all of the stuff, we had a short amount of time to do a lot of work. And it just feels like we always get in that position. And then... You weren't making bolts on the mountain, were you? Oh, we were. It was <laughs> whittling, whittling them out of the trees. <laughs> we, we were, we were breaking parts, testing at the local track in Colorado, oh, yeah. and then you come back you're like, oh, well, I need to figure out how am I going to attach that piece to the carbon here that's solid here, but it's hollow in this side, so I need. It, it was, it was just that the whole. Yeah, it was a lot. Because if you drilled the wrong place in the carbon, you crack the whole yeah. thing, right? The yeah, splitter's done. Yeah, so there's certain places that you can drill that are either there's an aluminum puck in there inlaid or it's solid carbon and you have to, you know, we learned a lot. Because it's wow. you want it to be as thin as possible where it can be. Yeah, but you also right? want to be able to jump on the splitter. it also needs to be yeah. super, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 And, Fun um, dance. Yeah, we ripped, we ripped two splitters off within like 10 minutes of each other testing both cars. Like, oh, we need to make those stronger. So Ooh. the two cars. To just give me car A and car B here. So we did three cars this year. But oh yeah, because you did a you did Tanner's car yeah, too, right? Yeah, we did right? Tanner's yeah. Cayman. So that was the 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 trophy Yokohama Trophy class from which Portland. is basically a spec class, right? Yeah. Cayman GT4 Club Sports. Yes, exactly. Cayman GT4 Club Sports, I think, is an awesome class because you can't do much to them, right? So it's driver and setup. And They're so fun too. You just he he looked like he had more fun than anybody. He right? probably did. And then everybody chasing him also in that class. Uh, if I were to ever go drive Pikes Peak, I would for sure sign up for that first because then you got Jeff's walking you through the whole thing, taking you up the mountain three times a day, talking about every single corner, every shift point, every break point, all the nuances of the mountain. And it's um, is that like a uh, a I mean. To use the word gentleman driver, I think is a, taken some by some people as a derogatory term. But is it like a arrive and a, drive? Kind a, of? Yeah, arrive and it drive is. program. Yeah, pretty much. You have to have your team, right? Right. And somebody has to shove the car up and down the hill every day. Uh, outside of that, keep gas in it, keep the tires on it. The cars are so dead reliable. Um, you know, you're you're just chasing time and and you as the driver. Uh, and it, and that, but if you run that class, you get a zwart. Also, yeah, so is that you, it's that so you it's not really like arrive and drive. You prep your own car, you yep. show up with your own team, and you're responsible for your own car. Correct. Porsche doesn't do any of that shit. No, but Porsche does essentially set the curriculum. Right? They 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 set the cadence of the entire week. They they 
give you Jeff Swart as the coach. Which you is know? the G is shit ever. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he's like a mountain goat. He knows everything <laughs> about that place. Yeah. I mean, everything about that place. He will take you to the top and then he unload a canoe and go, okay, guys, now we're going to find a lake. Yeah. It's like not even. And you're like, I thought we were racing. He's like, after we this canoe. This is part of racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Canoe, if you learn to paddle. This, this is how I get your mind right. Yeah, yes. this is his like karate kid shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> His karate kid shit is like, all right, we're all mm-hmm. going to drive uh, tractors up a frozen road Correct. and uh, canoe to an ice lake. And tomorrow <laughs> we're doing underwater basket weaving. <laughs> so get it together, guys. No, but in all seriousness. You walk the dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the three dogs. Uh, but in all seriousness, he, he, he really tees it up to be a, a – so I can imagine going there and see – like the vastness. You, I mean, you, you – on camera, none of the pictures do it justice. They don't. You know, they they don't. You don't get tired on the camera. You know what I mean. So, going there would be quite overwhelming. To like, not only I'm trying to get a setup right on the car, I'm trying to learn where I'm going. I'm trying not to go crashing off of every other corner that looks the same as the other one that opened up and this one tightened up. You know, so he's walking you through all of that stuff. So he, it, it looks like he's segmenting the 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 entire experience. So you're not overwhelmed. Yeah. And which I think would be. If you are going to go race at Pikes Peak, and that's a bucket list thing, you got to do that. Yeah. And what else does Porsche throw in as part of that curriculum? Anything besides that? I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Do you know what it costs to enter that class? That class, I believe, is a $2,500 entry fee. Um, that Then you can do the optional tire testing the, the month prior. Uh-huh. Um, and then I don't know too many of the details outside of that. But, but you have to buy a car. Right. You, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you buy a car, you can rent one. Uh, I do know that... In all honesty, that we went through like two sets of tires, we could have mm-hmm. done it on one, you know, because those tires, the Yokohamas were super consistent. Yeah, you know, um, the odds of breaking the car are pretty pretty small. Yeah, so exactly, you got to <clears> keep <throat> if you keep that car on the track, you're going to do well. Yeah, yeah. And then then, uh, but they're all having a lot of fun together too. They're all pitted together. They're all bouncing ideas off of each other. Uh-huh. So I was just kind of a fly on the wall because I actually. I, I I would love to do that, you know, but I don't I don't it's not I I rather focus on the cars. Yeah, but at some well, point, well, it seems like it would be a fun equalizer, right? Yep. So you'd have your own sub experience, right? And also, you know, that car is incredibly manageable at sea level. Yes. You know, you you run it up at that kind of altitude, it probably feels like racing a Miata or something. Right. You're down fucking probably 200 horsepower. Yeah. So you're 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 all about carrying, uh, you know, mid, keeping the mid corner speeds up. And are all those cars PDK? Yeah. They're all PDK. Yeah. Correct. All right, so that's good. So in the PDK cars, at least you're a lot more comfortable going to first gear. Right. If it was a six-speed car with that long-ass gearing, and yeah. you're all you keep going to first gear, that'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah. PDK is like just a paddle tug. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. And you you got you know 13 hairpin corners or first gear hairpin corners, so that would you're right clicking Make down. It, it would it would come into play. Yeah. It absolutely. would definitely come into play. Yeah. It looks so fun. All right. So so, so that that's the Cayman GT4 Club Sport. Yeah. And uh, Tanner, how did he how ultimately? He he won the class. Didn't he, he won the class. Yeah, yeah. He w- and so backing up. This was the first year I have ever done it where they they shortened the race because mm. oh yeah, we got of weather. We got right? snow and ice the night before, and you know they they knocked like four or five miles off, or four about four miles off of it. Yeah, the times were like in the sixes, right? Right. right. So we raced up to Devil's Playground, which I mean, um, how fucking I guess you guys are, do you do sector times or uh-huh. something? So so could you could you get extrapolate some kind of equivalent? Yeah, kind of. Um, weather wasn't on our side on the GT cars, so... Well, the photos sure look good, though. You see the color? 
<laughs> now you get it. That's a very pretty car. Yeah. We'll get to the details of that in a second. But go ahead. The just the race distance. So the race, the race, they when they shortened it up, uh, race day, it looked like the weather was holding off. They delayed it for two more hours, trying to see if the sun would melt the ice up top. But it, like in 2020, they're chipping ice, and they actually ran all the way up. Uh, so then this year, we didn't get that opportunity. We missed the window. It started to get a little colder. So we're like, all right. They they called it. They said shorten the race up. I was fine with it too. You know, maybe it should, as long as all of us are doing that, you know, it seems to be okay. Well, yeah, it's not like uh, uh, whoever brought snow tires, you all line right. up to the left. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> like if they shorten it in the middle of the race or something, that would be terrible. Which has happened. Yeah. yeah, it's happened in the past too. You know, Jeff was telling us like back in the '90s, you'd get all kinds of weird stuff. But oh, so that where they would just you'd have to shorten it mid race because of weather, and they'd have to measure people's sector times to win. I think they just kind of throw it out, and then you're, yeah, then you're just you're showing up and you're running. And it's the fucking mountain. That's it. What are you gonna and do? It's the mountain, right? That's that's part of the draw for that place to me. Yeah. You know, or that's why I like it so much is that you don't know what you're gonna get thrown at you, you just know that something's gonna happen. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and we left in the time attack, or sorry, in the open class car. Uh, so the other two cars, one open class and one is time, time attack. One. So what yeah. is the difference in those two classes? So time attack one is a class that. They, they they tighten the rules up. So we raced Time Attack One in Lucy back in 2019 when we got the record. Uh, after that year, they changed the rules where you couldn't take a non-turbo car and turbo it. You couldn't take oh. a two-wheel drive car and make it four-wheel drive in Time Attack oh. One. But back in the day, you could. I mean, you do you, anything. You, you Reese Middle is throwing a huge Garrett on a Hyundai. You know, it's a sequential <laughs> gearbox and the engine's way back. So they 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 changed that. So that pushed that car into open. Uh, but it open allowed, is whatever you open whatever, is, whatever you want, right? Open is is pretty much a closed cockpit sedan style car that's like Time Attack One, but you you have freedom of aspiration, fuels, drive tires. You can have one wheel drive, six whatever you want, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was an easy transition to just take and convert our 2019 car, build it up a little bit for open. Right. Um, so when and then Time Attack One, oh, it was just too convenient that Porsche came out with the 935 and the GT2 RS Club Sport that just so happens to fit in that Time Attack 1 class perfectly after they changed the rules. So it worked great. So then we took the 2RS Club Sport and put that in TA1, um, which I really like that class because it, it is kind of a direct reflection of what we do for a living. I mean, we modify street cars and yeah. race cars. So. Um, what do you? How far do you get with a Club Sport? A lot. You get pretty far, right? GT2 RS Club Sport? Nah, I mean, kind of. You have to you have to tweak it for the mountain. You know? Right, right, obviously. But, but you got a, you get a lot of car. You get a lot of car. You guys you managed s- one of those last year for Donahue, right? Correct. Which is uh, the car on the, on the left. Okay. So, yeah, we, we learned a lot about that car then. Um, and then we ended up modifying and kind of getting the aerodynamics of the platform identical on both cars within the rules. Like, one, one has a little less, but... Um, no, it was. It, it's a it's a capable car. I mean, it's a serious car, but it's still, it's so much more tame because Porsche built it, right? It's, right. It's it's got the PDK instead of a sequential. It's it's for like average rich guy, not like David Donahue. It, right. It yeah. has a it has a uh, Alcantara dash, you know. So it's you know, and yeah, it, compared to a nine thirty five, it's tame. Yeah, both yeah. the cars look almost identical, have the same bodywork, same everything, but. The Optima car, Lucy, is like 280 pounds lighter oh. because of the sequential <clears throat> gearbox, and mm-hmm. we just gutted all the stuff out wow. of it, you know? Um, 
the, 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 the other cars run full interior. Sorry, no, the, it doesn't the RS have full has interior. like a nice interior though. I remember the Club Sport. At, yeah, yeah, the yeah that's great. Car. It's yeah. like a really nice finished Cup car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where where the other car was just a seat, you know, in a, in a wheel. But um, no, it was it was cool to play with both cars and and kind of modify them. So, what is the difference in performance from one car to two in the overall uh, times? Uh, your short, we, we your abbreviated times. Well, we weren't able to really compare apples to apples. So, <clears throat> time at, uh, open class car with Raphael in it. He ended up starting the race on dr- it was dry right for the first two sectors. He was hauling ass, and then the third sector he got into mist and fog Uh-oh. and all that stuff. So third sector got thrown away. Uh, he still got first in class, which was which was good. And then TA even by with a shitty third sector because yeah. he couldn't see anything. And then yeah, and then TA one. Which was highly competitive. I don't know. Have you see, you see Reese Millen's Bentley? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, that was what we were racing against. So basically, like, oh, yeah, get a picture of that. That thing yeah, was you fucking got, so sick, insane, and and you should hear the thing. You're like, what? What? What is this thing? What like, engine is it? Something out of a top fuel car. I don't know. <laughs> Just like so, it's it, it's it's about as serious of a effort as you can do. You know, it is. Uh, it's that right. Yeah, that thing. It is crazy looking. And how it, it looks. Weighs. And it weighs 3,228 pounds the with the driver in it. Really? Yeah, because when we went across tech, I was like... 3,228 with, with driver? With Reese in it. Wow. So there's no Bentley there. No, the, car, not... the car is bigger than this room. <laughs> I mean, it's huge, and I could not believe how light it was. Uh, That's fucking so cool. Whatever it looks, <laughs> That's so crazy. Whatever it looks like there, it sounds even crazier. I wonder. It's it's got to be the V8. It is. It's, it's a, a V8. It's a, it's a Audi. Yeah, it's like a bi-turbo V8 making well over a thousand horse. Yeah, yeah. It's a cranked up four liter but V8. The, right. But you you've been to like an ALMS race and you heard the Corvettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how they, you feel it in your chest. <laughs> yeah. It's like that plus some. Whoa. Yo, you know a guy. There's a guy who lives in my neighborhood who's mm-hmm. got one of your fucking like super super exhausts on it. Oh no. And we were at out. My wife and I were at outdoor dining the other day, and this dude just. Fucking nails it, just hits it real hard, and it made that that pierce sound that yeah. you get when you're on the sidelines at Daytona. Right, right. And and my wife just went ah and held her ears, and I was like, yeah, that's I'm gonna remember to tell him that you did that exact thing. <laughs> Sorry, that's the Porsche pierce. Yeah, that like that, that hits just, you. It's, it almost feels like it's tearing metal. Like yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, it rips. It reaches into like behind your brain. Yeah, rattles all your fillings. <sighs> and- it hurts. I mean, it's such a great engine, but when you, on the outside, yeah. it fucking hurts. Yeah, yeah. You don't get it in the car. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. This is too much. <laughs> yeah. That Bentley seems. Yeah. So crazy. we were up against that car. He so was, much arrow. That guy was throwing down. So they had a problem on sector three, um, but he was throwing down times that made it look like we showed up with a Yuko. Really? I'm not kidding. We had nothing for that car at all. <laughs> and and Whoa. that that is complete. That effort right there is completely making me rethink our approach. For, for because we next year we're going to come back because it's the hundred year anniversary. But well, I, like wow. I mean, what? Well, I mean, I can see a lot. I mean, when you look, uh, the engine is sits very far back in that car anyway. Right. But like that whole hood is like a downforce. The whole the whole car is kit. like everything flows either through it or yeah, everything just flows through the car and, and perfectly. You know, like you can see the vent behind the rear fender or yep. the front fender there. Yep. You could see the rockers all windowed out, completely flat floor. The splitter is bigger than this table. Like, have, is it a two-frame car, or do they start with a street car? They st- there's, there's probably a floor pan in there somewhere. 
You think they started with a street car? I, I, I don't know. but it's, So it's the FIA GT3 car. There, it's the factory Bentley race car. So they started with that. that. Hmm. And then they went bananas on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because just look at the difference. Like, you, your cars have, you know, big front splitter and canards on the side. But his car, like the fender, the whole is, fender, has yeah. a whole wing that just connects. It, the whole thing's a rectangle. I think the headlights the painted on. Uh, no, because you have to have headlights. Oh, you do have to have Okay. Jeez. So it's got to be something in there. Okay. But, I mean... To have that car, and when you, you see, I've got pictures on my phone of it a tech behind the 911. The 911 is like, hi, look at the front, look at this <laughs> shit. No, and the 911 is like about three quarters of that width. You cannot reach across the front. I mean, this looks wow. eight inches wider than a standard Bentley Continental, yeah. like just in front arrow. Right. Wow. It's the about wings, as, it looks like they like... It looks like they flipped them like playing cards, and they <laughs> stuck in the front end like a watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, that, was, so that was impressive crazy. to watch. It. Their whole crew was awesome. Oh, look at Zach. Go to the above view, the bird's eye overhead view. Watch the front end. That's like, that's what it's really about. Because I want to see how much how wide this thing gets, dude. Look yeah, at it's <laughs> wow. It's so big. Like a Bentley GT is already such a wide car, and this thing has like a wide body kit on it, and, and then, then the wings are like. Wider. The front a wing is as wide as the rear wing. Yeah. I've never seen that on a car before. Yeah. And oh, my God. Look at the ducting in the hood. I mean, Ooh, everything just flows through the car. It's yeah. Pretty, I mean, it's really well done. That's really, super, super really cool. Ex, I mean, executed pretty awesome. I, I was impressed watching them, and, and the whole crew was awesome. You know, they're pretty forthcoming with information. and Because um, they're like, yeah, you don't have so, Volkswagen development money, so we can tell you these things. <laughs> so I called Tanner. He was up in oh, Colorado. The rear, that trunk treatment yeah. with the fucking ducting from the sides yep. and stuff that go out the trunk. Blows that's all the coolers crazy. through the back. Are they, yeah. Oh, the intercoolers are in the back? Yeah. The trans, that the, is The transmission's so awesome. in the rear also, so it's a transaxle back there with a torque tube like a vet. You know, oh. It's, I mean, it's, it's about Because it's rear-wheel drive. It's not front-wheel. It's correct. not four-wheel drive yeah, yeah, anymore. Correct. Yeah. So they looked at all the rules and were like, what is Are you allowed to move them? the engine? Yeah, in you TA1, can. you have a you have a window where you can. Yeah. But if the car came stock from Bentley with the engine in the dashboard, you're you can you, then you have it, that. It did almost yeah. pretty much. Yeah, the <laughs> FIA GT3 car, but yeah, it's <laughs> what a that's a crazy looking engine. Yeah. Well, it's also I think they do it the other way around. And, and a street car, the engine is a, it's a hot V turbo mm -hmm. engine. Mm -hmm. Are the turbos on the side on mm -hmm. this one? The turbos are in the fender well, back right behind the front tire. Right there. Oh, yeah. you see the wastegate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are, right? Yeah. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, when the car comes at you, because I, I walk down just to watch it during practice, and it, it sounds like the world's ending. It's that's pretty cool. pretty impressive. That's fucking awesome. So the point of that whole dissertation is that I got to rethink the, what, what we do. Because uh -huh. if stuff like that keeps showing up, we little privateers are going to have a real hard time making Time Attack 1 interesting. You know, it's going to be a race for second and third place, you know, because... Um, I, I know this is an official Bentley effort, though. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had they had the whole whole shooting match there. And you're not the official Porsche effort. No, the, that GT4 thing is the Porsche effort. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A, the hosting of people who have paid a little extra for a little extra. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is not a bad place to be for Porsche. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, who you gonna have to so. What do you, so what does someone like yourself do in order to compete? Like, can you just have, find some billionaire that wants to go racing, or is that? I don't even think that will get it done because you need a shoe in there. So the billionaire who wants to go racing needs to just hang out with us in pits and put somebody <laughs> fast in the car, right? That's what we need to do. So um, I'm, we're, 
we're already in talks about what we're doing next year because we have to have the plan in place by roughly before SEMA, mm-hmm. um, and just how and so we could start moving. We're going to take one of those two cars, uh, whether it's open or TA one. We're going to modify them again heavily, you know, and then you know, knock a bunch of weight out of them wherever we can, and then up the power. we got to do everything. Just starting with a 992 generation car at this point I'm, make a difference? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Um, and I just got told no by Porsche that there are no extra cups that mm-hmm. we could convert to a turbo monster. Um, but That must be some question to ask. I, I've, yeah, I was just like, hey. Might I have? Yeah, I, <laughs> buy. I, we'll get it. Like, just can you allocate one car to us uh we have allocations for two cars so we can race two in the Carrera cup challenge but what if one of those accidentally becomes a pike's peak car right so i don't know but i mean the the car is there we just need more time to refine it right so it's we got them to this point we didn't have much testing we we were kind of late to the show so i think if we refine them I think there's a lot of a lot of time left in them. So does uh, traditional track testing is that is that an appropriate substitute for this? If it, you can, it 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 exposes a lot of things that will happen to you on the mountain. Sure, uh, setup is not the same, but you you can baseline a a, a neutral chassis. So I I drove um, Lucy, which is that car on the track, shook it down when we first showed up. And the car felt great, right? I put five or six laps in on it, really started kind of pushing it, and the car was actually quite easy to drive. We get to the mountain, it's just an oversteer beast with a front end pin. So change change dampers, change you know springs and all that, and they get it set up for the mountain. But we were able to break enough stuff at the track that that when the, we finally the durability did, shit was okay, right? And I yeah. think, and then yeah, I, I don't know, I'm still. I'm still wrapping my head around all of this. I mean, this was our sixth year there, right? And it's I'm learning so much every time I go. Um, what what is it about? Do you think that you know you're driving at the track feels good, et cetera, et cetera, and then you get on a mountain on an uphill, or what, like what do you think it is about the mountain that almost changes how the arrow's behaving and how the car's yeah, behaving? Yeah, good question. Uh, surface conditions, right? Um, and and per, surface conditions and arrow. Those are the two big ones, right? Um, then you have just like let's say you set your tire pressure, you have a, a wildly different pressure rate rise rate over time on the mountain because you're not generating as much grip as you are on a track. Right. And for example, the reason why the the rear of the car was hooked up, we had quite a bit of camber in the rear of the car, but when you're on the a less grip or surface, like with uh, you know less uh, coefficient of friction you're not able to lean on the entire tire to get the thing essentially like like activating right, 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 right. the whole contact patch. So then mm. you have to... Like you literally don't have enough grip to grip. To, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's almost like driving an aero car. Right, you have to right, go fast right. enough to it's activate the... It's a mechanical the version of aero. Yeah. So we, we just call it mechanical grip. So, so yeah. you have to stand, the, stand it up. And then as you start to pick up pace and everything, then... You know, everybody gets comfortable. Then you start creeping back on camber because well, you're chasing. Well, after six years, don't you have kind of a model for the difference between that track test and the mountain, or does the mountain you would, change that much? Every the mountain, year? the surface of the mountain changes so much. Whether it's dusty, I mean, there were people from one weekend to the next, four and a half, five seconds off per sector, mm-hmm. just because dust, right? Um, so you're kind of chasing that. So you find the happy medium between all that stuff. And after going there that much, we've 
change the car so radically every single time that you're kind of starting over with different aero balance, different mechanical grip, different power, you know, how the power gets put down, your TC strategy, even gearing. You know, you, you, you're, you're always... So that's why I feel good this year. We're not going to go too wild with the cars. We're going to pick one. We're going to focus on it. We're going to test. We're going to beat the shit out of this thing and then show up to the mountain more ready to go so <clears throat> the drivers will have enough time in the cars to... Because ultimately, that's where you're going to pick the pace up is the confidence in the driver. Right. So... Do you also – is it hard to test on a track actually because of how much more you have to slow the car down on the mountain too? Like you're never on a track breaking to like 20. <laughs> these guys are these guys are pretty impressive on the brakes. I mean, but you're right. Um, they you, – I just you mean have, in terms you, oh, of the mean, setup. Oh, like yeah, In yeah. terms of the setup, like you you know, your average speed is 25 or 30, you know, maybe miles an hour higher on a, of course. a fast racetrack than it is on the mountain. Right. You know what I mean? No, you're, you, you're absolutely right. You don't have right. so many hairpins. Right. No, so. y- yeah, there's, there's – yeah, your average speed is just, just south of 80 miles an hour typically on the mountain. And then, you know, you, you could have 130 mile an hour averages at Pueblo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. There's just a lot there, but we don't. The, the setup never translates for us, at least. It's you get the mechanical balance, you get the aero balance, and you start breaking things. As soon as you start breaking things and, and uncovering your weaknesses there on the track, then you fix them. Go back, try to do it again. Then you now you're prepped to go to the show up to the show and start. Yeah. You know, it's like you have a block of clay. You build the thing, then you take it to the track, and then suddenly it's a block of clay again, and you just keep doing that until you can finally go to the mountain, and then like. Yeah, you got something. Sort of and now you still have to adjust sometimes so many things. Right. Wow. And yeah. you're doing a different car every year in a way. I mean, you're building on things you have. Right. But it's kind of like you, you have a new problem to solve because you're you're con- trying to advance the car so quickly. Every time you do something, it exposes something else. Mm-hmm. And so you want more power, it exposes grip. You want this, this. You have to have bra- you have the, the. I learned a lot this year about just you. You, you can't just throw more at it you know you have to creep up on it and you have to be very almost very precise with your movements plan every possible scenario narrow that all down and then move from there you yeah. know so it was like i said i've learned more this year than i have ever and ever been there so it's are and you guys, you guys cap- did well this year so it's like you it's not like you had a, a year where you everything lost everything and that's that was the education like you did well and yet you're there's still so many lessons and there's yeah. still so much to apply next year right absolutely yeah no we we're i you know we did well we're we're pretty fortunate um you know the team i pushed i think i pushed the team so hard. it's pretty wild everybody had such a good attitude the whole time but we were i mean there was times where we didn't go to sleep we'd work on the car leave the leave the shop at like 1 30 in the morning go home take a shower and then just put your clothes on and get back in the. Because you, know, you have to drive up at three a.m. Yeah, and then the next day did the same thing. We broke more stuff, and it, it was pretty brutal. So, but it was it was awesome. We learned a lot about each other. I've got a they, 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 the crew is awesome. Um, all of our partners that everybody just stepped up. It was just like there everybody was just building each other up. It was pretty pretty cool. Is it? Um, I mean, who who's like who's like funding this whole shit for you? Like who sponsored? Is it Optima? Did the whole did that whole so thing? So we have uh, a big, big purse. A big group was Audrain Motorsport. You see them there uh, on yeah, David Donahue's yeah. car. Yeah, um, they're awesome. They I just that's I just got off the phone with them on a, a long conference call about more engagement for the rest of the year. Uh, Optima Batteries was on Turbo Cup, and then we had 
I mean, we have a slew of partners that all contributed, helped out, and they all made it happen. You know, including it's like Yokohama. how many people you send up there? We had. I mean, there's a. I think there's a. I think we had like 23 people. That's a lot. Yeah, uh, but there was a lot more of like of supporters and everything that came out, and all of our friends. But uh, to to make the whole thing go around, we had a big big group of people. That's we, crazy. It's hard to manage. Is you got to you got to feed them right. You got to house them. You got yeah. so we we rented uh, a big a big spot from our friends there, um, and we we had Henry the chef, the French chef. He was Sick. he was awesome. Yeah. So he he's he's a friend of everybody. He's a friend of like Raf's and um, so he translated also because Raf's English is still oh well, and that's my French is horrible. <laughs> but I'm learning. You know, I could say a lot of stuff to embarrass him, but. Uh, yeah, to be so we, we we put a marketing deck in place. You you see who wants to be on board. You know, you, you, the PFC came back on board. JRZ with uh, an electronic damper that's active. That's pretty amazing. Oh, cool. That that's actually I learned a lot about that, and it's changed. You know, like is that with sort of the same kind of technology that uh, what's his name was using over on the East Coast there. The GP the 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 G force based thing that makes your shocks active. Yeah. That's a kind of an active set. That's a driver-induced active. Yeah. So yeah. meaning like it can handle that. This handles environmental changes at a very, very fast mm, rate. Mm. Um, so, Which is more like how MagRide works or something. Like it's, it's reacting to forces that it's feeling through sensors. And correct. Then, yeah. Right? yeah. So we had <clears throat> 10 sensors in the car, two per corner, and then two inertial and G sensors inside. And then we had two more. Uh, um, Sander came out and brought... Just space spaceship stuff, dude. <laughs> like, he brought an INU and an IMU, which are highly accurate and high, extremely fast sa- sampling GPS sensors uh-huh. that measure pitch, roll, everything. But at they're basically used in guided missiles and autonomous vehicles. Oh. And so he brought those out and then laid out a TC strategy for the car, which was incredible to drive. It's wow. absolutely seamless, and that you, you hear and, but that is localized or or, or forced induced TC. Like I mean, like location based or uh, no, it doesn't. It's not we so not. It's we we didn't do it per corner. We because typically when you do that, we did that at Long Beach Grand Prix when I worked at Porsche because you would actually turn the TC off in certain corners. Uh, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, from here to here, it's off, then back on, then, uh, but it's not that. No, uh, it's, okay. it's so much faster than that. Oh, okay. And it's, it, it's, you can hear it, but you cannot feel it, you know, and it just keeps the slip line. You, you basically build it like a desired slip line and the, it, it's pretty, pretty rad. Wow. I mean, I, we're going to do a lot more with that stuff. That, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is, is that the kind of, thing? can cool. you just buy that shit? Kind of, but you need you need like <laughs> the, the brain power that comes with it right. is, is insane. But you need that because Bentley probably has that stuff. I mean, if you're running, I don't against think they like did. That, Are you allowed really? to run like whatever happened to? I don't think they need. Remember they like just had aero motion force and ignorance. Yeah, that was, what, what, what it was. Huh? Remember like the aero motion yeah. wings? Do people run those still? Are you allowed to do that? No, moving, moving no, wings. No, but it makes sense. I wonder why more people don't do that. I don't know. Then. It seems like if I, it worked. I, you remember those aero motions? That I think. <clears throat> yeah. I think they were sick. You heard of Mark Forge, those yeah. 3D printers? Like, no, yeah. I think he went off and did that, and he's just like, ah, oh, these wings are cool, but I want to make a lot more money oh. building 3D printers. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the same same group. But uh, I like Lee Keen used one in One Lab of America. It was crazy. Yeah. It worked. Oh yeah, it definitely worked. Yeah, they still Mark Forge industrial product. Yeah, there you go. 
He's probably right. I bet that guy makes more money now. Yeah. There's like eight people in America that want a fucking Aero Motion's wing. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> wants it. Every industry wants a 3D printer. For and, sure. Yeah. And then he's yeah. doing like filament infused, like carbon filament infused printers. And oh, like, crazy. Yeah, that's cool. What, uh, so what kind of power are those cars making? A thousand? Uh, 1,100 horsepower <clears throat> on on the open car uh-huh. and then about 850 on the TA1 car. Nice. Yeah. E85? On open and then uh, typical, ga- we can't run E85 and TA1. Oh, you have to it? run pump gas? Yeah. So you're 93? No, C16. Oh, but, you can, you can yeah, run. But, you can't but it run. has to be gasoline. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And how, I bet, I mean, fucking that motor on C16 has got to be It's the jam. Crazy. <laughs> that, car, yeah. Yeah. that car right there, see, you could see the fog that he got into. This yeah. was on the third Yikes. section. Look at the roads wet. That's he, so sketchy. So he was about six seconds off pace that we thought he would be at, six or seven seconds. I he, mean, even so, that's he, pretty fucking He just came good. back. He was like this. That's for, I mean, for people listening, this is like an uphill shot, and we can't see the next corner. And yeah. it doesn't look like it's that far away. You can barely, barely, barely see the, the visibility outline. is like fifty yards, maybe. Yeah, and that's probably a six hundred foot drop right on the top of that radius. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, so. I would, I would. So you're gonna, you, you're gonna drop back a little bit, you know, pull back a little yeah, bit. Super yeah, super sketchy. Yeah. I mean, I've been on you know our regular canyon roads that I know super well, and you hit some fog, and you know, back the fuck off. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Yeah. Super sketchy. How much? Like, because I've never been to the hill climb. I'd yeah. really like to go. Uh, one of these days, I will go. Well, next year's the 100. Oh, really? So you, uh, well, I let's just, do that let's just make that happen. Yeah, we'll probably have to go for that. Yeah. Between you and Larry Chen, I yeah. think it's pretty sold, Pretty much sold it. Yeah. But, like, how much... I have driven up the road yeah. a couple times. Like, how much can a driver learn ahead of time by just driving up the road in a regular car at legal speeds? If, if you've been in a in a car at speed, you'll learn a lot because you, you know how to apply that knowledge, right? Or that, that the information you're getting, you'll understand how to apply that with the way the corners open up and everything. But if yeah. if you're just taking a rental car up, you know, you've been on a, a racetrack where you walk the track and you yeah. get in a car, you're like, I don't know, you, it made no sense for me to even walk this thing. Yes, it's but I've also the, driven the rental car on the racetrack and that helped. If I've never been on a track before. Yeah, but you're ripping a rental car on a track. Yes. Yeah. You, they'll, well, they'll, I'm going to say. Well, I think walking... Like, it, when I drove up Pikes Peak in a rental van, if I had walked it, I would not have noticed the crazy amount of bumps there are at, toward the top section. Right. But even at 25 miles an hour, I couldn't believe how much pogoing was happening in the van. And then you guys are doing that at 100 and whatever miles per hour. Yeah. But walking, you would just slowly go up and down these things, and you might not see right. those crests. But you would see them if you've driven at right. relative speed there. Yes. Yeah. That- you know what helped, actually, a couple of times? A track bike. Yes. Track bike is okay. Yeah. Because a track bike, you know, you notice some nuance of ups and downs because, oh, it's hard to pedal here. Your eyes are up enough to look at track out. Yeah, track bike is good. Like, when people do One Lab of America, totally fucking underrated uh, event, and they should do it, and you should put a bike rack on the roof of your car and bring two bicycles so you and your co-driver can do track bike and then just take that whole shit off when it's time to do your time attack. I would love to do one lap. That looks amazing. I'm shocked you haven't done it. I know. It. It's you, super fun. you got to build a car and go do it's it. It's hard, you, but it's fun. You have like nine cars that could run it that are so fast. Yeah. yeah. Just pull one out of the garage. Yeah, you do. You have like leftover cars that would do pretty well at it. Yeah, but they, they bring some serious hardware out too. You'd have to take it seriously. Yeah, or you, or you could be strategic and you could apply your genius to 
a something for a different class. Yeah, that might be like cool. those Honda guys in Alabama yeah. dominate SUV truck with their crazy Odyssey. Yeah, because no one else turns the car into a full fucking race car. <laughs> that's awesome. But like, if you decided that you were going to take one of these Cayenne Turbo GTs that's coming out and do what you do. You know, but still leave a fucking plate on the shit. Yep. You know, you could destroy in the S- I When I did the SUV class in one lap, yeah. I raced against a Chrysler factory effort. Oh, really? Team SRT. Yeah. Factory drivers. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We had a great battle. <laughs> That's awesome. It was so fun. <laughs> That's cool. All but right. Like, let's get you, a, but let's you get, could take that to the next level. Let's get a turbo GT and go do it. We could do it. Yes. Yeah. Dollar car. Bike racks. You heard us. I know they're out there, Porsche people. You I heard know you us. guys are listening. Those those sucker sucker yeah, bike seer racks, sucker sucker bike yep, racks, yep. dude. Carbon Porsche design bicycles. Done. It'd be like a vacay. Yeah, we could That'd bring our great. friends in the back. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> oh, you just had the fucking Mybox six hundred oh, SUV. How is that? It's so cool. Yeah, it has a fridge in the back. It's got the recliners, the bouncy hydraulic suspension. Oh, that that that. Unbelievable. Really? Absolutely unbelievable. So you ever cool. driven on like something like that? No. It's a it's a high pressure hydraulic system. Hmm. Then you pull up a menu. It's got your normal settings, comfort, yeah. sport, blah blah blah. It has a setting called it's got comfort, you know, highway, uh curves, yeah. which is sport, and then Maybach, which Maybach setting prioritizes the rear comfort over everything else. Really? So front at the expense of the front comfort. That's it makes the rear just <laughs> totally isolated. It's totally isolating, dude. You drive over a speed bump at 45, it's like it's not even there. Really? <laughs> and it's all hydraulic, and then look, like centrally controlled. Centrally controlled hydraulic. So look, so you can, you can make it bounce. Um, it has a setting to bounce? It has a setting to bounce. This is actually called recovery mode, and it's designed to get you out of deep sand or snow. So it bounces. Look how bossy you look in there. But it rolls on. But you can also, and if Zach has the other clip, which is, I believe, the one after it, um, not that one, the other one, the number 29 probably or 30. Um, it's it. Uh, no, it's the last one. Sorry, Zach. It's, uh, you have a menu you can pull up, and instead of recovery mode, you have an individual EQ of your four wheels height. So look in this video, I'm gonna just slam down one side of the truck and then and then make it kind of do a little thing and slam the other side of the truck down. Sorry, this video is shitty because we're playing it off Google Drive. So I apologize for the quality. But like, see it just oh, like what yeah. took a lean to the left, and now I'm gonna rock it. I rock the whole truck over to the right using touchscreen sliders on the menu. That's bananas. Isn't so, that the fucking coolest? Yeah. And so check God the, help you out of warranty. Look, look you. The, <laughs> so, so, I'm just watching the. It's rock. I'm rocking it back and forth to the left by toggling touchscreen sliders up and down. And so when they're designing the geometry of that suspension, you have to have such a wide range of operation. Yeah, isn't you know? that crazy? That's bananas. And oh, the, here we go. Oh, here's the sliders. Yeah, it's me moving the sliders. Probably should have done a better job uh, cleaning the screen there, but you get the idea. I can't believe they give like people this control. And you can do it. I didn't do it, but you could do that while rolling. You like corner bounce your car yeah. with, with the yeah. little yeah. And uh, the other thing that was so great, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of like Luxo shit in there, the right. spa air, whatever. The other cool thing is this car has the best use of a mild hybrid system I've ever seen. Oh, really? Because what it does is it doesn't, you don't, the car never moves on the mild hybrid. It starts the engine and moves on the hybrid. Yeah. I have never in my life felt, it has no starter motor. 
I like that. It has the mild hybrid instead of a starter motor. Right. So the engine just goes just, from it, off to on. It's just on. It's just on. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Even the best, the second best system, which is the Audi RS6, yeah. this one's better. Wow. It's just, you, when you turn the car on from in the garage, you get it, and it, it's just instantly on. It's just running. There's no crank. No, 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 no. No, not even a half a crank, not even a, <clears throat> it's just on. Man. You cannot, you go, hang on a minute, how did it just do that? It's fucking crazy. So it has to know what cylinder is on, what cylinder is under compression, the next one, the fire, you know what I mean? Like it has just to. Just on. That's awesome. It's so wild. You know what I mean? It's, it's the, it was really the coolest. Uh, oh, looks like we got a bunch of questions. We do. I'm just, I'm uh, bold curating. They're kind curating? of curating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we have uh, the videos coming out with the MyBox 600, me and me and Zach. But like, I thought you'd be into the suspension because cool. like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's bananas. <laughs> that's and actually, that thing is a shockingly, this is going to sound elitist and terrible, shockingly good value. Compared to so you're comparing it to like the, the Rolls Cullinan the Roll, yeah. or the Bentega yeah. or the Urus. Um, or or any other of the super SUVs. So that's what I was going to ask. Is it in that neighborhood, or is it's it cheaper? Oh, really? It, this one was loaded up. Like it was one hundred and seventy-five thousand bucks. And it does it have the the hot V four liter in there or whatever? Yeah, yeah. it's five hundred and fifty horsepower plus the mild hybrid. I mean, it's not like fast, but it's like that's a bullshit. It is fast. It runs twelves. It's sixty-one hundred pounds and it goes twelves. <laughs> It's but it's it prioritizes comfort over sports car handling. That's awesome, and it doesn't look as flash. Having said that, people locked eyes on it, and and you see people's mouth. My box. <laughs> <see that>? <laughs> <laughs> like you see that shit. Oh shit! It's that, my box. Yeah, yeah. You might not think it carries brand like a Rolls Royce, but yeah. people who know they really are into it. Yeah, I think awesome. we all know that name from the Jay-Z video, early 2000s. Yep. Oh, yeah. It stuck. I was like, right. a what? And then they cut it up. Yeah. I, I just always wanted to sit in well, the backseat of a- video. Yeah, it was. Yeah, super good video. That, yes. Ever since that video, I've always wanted to sit in the backseat of a Maybach and go to Vegas. I don't know why. Just like from you LA just, to Vegas. Of course you do, yeah. because that's a logical thing to do. Yeah, I don't want shoes on. I want to take my shoes off. <laughs> yeah. I want to f- feel the carpet. This is the car for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I once had to had the privilege of shuttling a Phantom to Vegas yes. for an event. Yes. Shuttling it. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, rolled it up. Yep. yep. <laughs> so just like you said, shoes off. Yep. Luxo squishy carpets. Oh, I love it. Lean back. Yep. Smoke. <laughs> fucking roll. Vegas. Yep. And right. just, I mean, sail. Just yes. yachting. Pure yachting. Yeah, going 100 miles an hour, it feels like you're going 30. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The best. Yeah. I mean, it's can you a make totally that unique can we just experience. Do, can we do a road trip? And In a Rolls? Yeah. yeah something. Probably. Yeah, I mean, we could probably figure something out. I've, uh, they have, they, you know what I love about Rolls? They paint their press cars wild as shit. Just go Their nuts. press cars are fucking like purple <laughs> yeah, and orange pur- 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 and like pearl. Just yeah. craziness. Yeah. It's so fun. Rolls and Aston, the English, are like, no, no, look, we're fun too. Yeah. We're fun. <laughs> Instead of like, you know, dark olive green <laughs> right. and, and black. Or black. Yeah, like, with classy. Yeah, that's what they're going to sell. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we enjoy it too. Classy's done. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, the people have much to say. Um, let's see. Sean says, uh, the sw- uh, seeing the switchbacks were the first time in my life I was scared into doing the speed limit, referring to Pikes Peak. Oh, yeah. What's the plan if someone crashes there? It was terrifying at regular speeds. They shut down and recover, yeah? Yeah, so 
Yeah, that's that's the elephant in the room every time, you, you know, when you're like, all right, have a safe drive, and you're, you're kind of not really wanting to talk about don't put a wheel off or don't do anything wrong. That's that's all implied. But if you it, you can get lucky there if you go off in certain areas or you spin, but a lot of times you're not going to get lucky. You're yeah. going to you're gonna really tear some stuff up or get hurt. So People got lucky last year. Their car, the guy with the Preacher 911, yep. right? I mean, he, he flew. Monkey flipped that thing. <laughs> he it, did. It was, it was like. It was. It was. Oh, look, we have a model. Yeah, he went, which is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go which, ahead. Which uh, is, but Tim has grabbed the Gunther Works oh, uh, model. He's sorry, gonna, sorry, He's going to demonstrate. And it, it, it hit like this. Nose, endo, yeah. front flip. Yeah. Rear, over rear a pond. strike. He flipped over, a pond. over Oh, a with pond. a McTwist. Yeah, with a. And it, it land, yeah. yeah, so the road's here. It landed like. Landed like that, backwards. Yeah. I mean, hundreds, on, hundreds on of feet off the road. Hundreds. hundreds. Wow. We, Way in we there. came so, down and saw it. But testament to like the safety, and that's yep. why they're so strict with that stuff. I yeah. mean, the inspections are – I, I applaud that. I'm, I'm a big proponent of safety, especially when you're going to go do something like that. But that – it was impressive, and then you see obviously the the Evo. They call it Evo. A couple of years now. ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he they all walked away. I mean, they're banged up, right? Yeah. Hire uh, that welder. You yeah. know, made that cage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somebody but knows get, how to weld. Yeah. yeah, get that get that dude in I, there. And if you have a question about your welding, don't build cages. You know, if yeah. there's any question, go practice on handrails. I was <laughs> glad that every you know. I was excited for everyone going because I know more people that are in it now. Yeah. But I also was like, I really hope that nobody nobody gets hurt. But I, you know, the more people you meet, I don't that's know. the most. Got that's the highest stress. Like the most stress that you you as a spectator or or, or a team manager or whatever that that you're going through. All you can think of is safety, mm-hmm. because a lot of people know how to make a car quick, right? It's mm-hmm. you got to be safe. You got to get to the top. You got to come home. You don't want to make phone calls to people, you know. So yeah. that's that's something that that keeps you up at night quite a bit. Uh, Carl Vogel says, in your experience, uh, what is the hardest part about making carbon parts that have a function, such as load bearing parts or ones that experience a lot of rotational force, like axles? So good question. Uh, I can answer a couple parts of that. the The hardest part, I think, so you you. You do the design. You know what the hardest part is? Coming up with the money to do it. That's the hardest part, <laughs> Carl. Carl, that's the hardest part. The second Carl har- seems like he could fund it. Yeah, he the, seems like the, he's got it. The second hardest part is what I've learned this time by I call it the valley of death. Right. So you got you've got it designed. You did all the CFD modeling. You've got a a, a model that you can start building off of. Right. Now, go make tooling. Go find the right carbon. Go find the people to do it. And then, you know, you want to talk about loads and all that. There are formulas that you can use for theoretical loads, but we did theoretical load calculations on all of it and ripped them off the car. <laughs> so trial and error, build yeah. new stuff. I mean, Dimitri and Steve from Aerosim, they were up, I think, for 48 to 72 hours straight while we're trying to rebuild the car at, you know, the front end at in Colorado. They're here building a splitter, putting on a Southwest flight, Leaving here, getting there, you know, yeah. the, the Denver, and they 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 basically we went from a twenty-two pound front splitter to a forty-eight pound front splitter. Wow! Now you can jump on the thing, right? Yeah. But the jump test isn't enough, you know, because the vibrations and the torsional, mm-hmm. as he's saying, torsional forces. The other part of this question, he says, like axles. I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about like I don't know how they make carbon fiber axles and drive shafts. Quad torque tubes. That's yeah, crazy. Isn't yeah, it? it's pretty. It's pretty cool, you know. And theoretically, in my head, it makes sense, but there's got to be a lot of math there, you know. Yeah. And also, you, you, 
uh, what I've learned, there are so many different types of weaves that you use in different places and different, you know, densities of, of, of mesh. And, you know, you got a 12K or 3K, you lay them sideways. And sometimes they're not, you don't lay them exactly perpendicular to each other. They're, you know, they, they're biaxial. And wow. There's a lot there that I don't know, but I'm learning. Like I said, I, the more I get into this, the more I realize how little I know about all of this stuff, you know, and it's, it's, it's a it's a fun journey. So well, that's that knowledge curve, right? It's like when you don't know anything, you're too confident, and yeah. then you realize how complex something is, and you go, "Oh, I have no confidence," and I, then yeah. eventually it goes back up. And then you go, "I have I have a little bit yeah. enough right. confidence to know that then, I don't know exactly. everything." Exactly. So that's yeah. that's as confident as I am. Yeah. I know that I don't know a lot about this all. Stuff. You need to know is the person to call. Right. If you know the person to call, you're good. You need a person. That's it. Everybody needs a person. That's in it. In every little area. Yeah. You know? And yeah. we're starting to get there. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, uh, has a 991 Turbo S, stage four. He puts it in quotes, which is good. That's good, because stages are stupid. Yeah. Right, Tim? Yes. Uh, do you sell stages? I don't have stages. Good. Good for you. It's great, great for marketing, though. It, I mean... I be, get it. Be, it's I, simple. Look, yeah, it's simple. It's great if it really does mean something. Right. Like, I can appreciate if, a, if one... If you were to sell... Packages yep. where it was dun to dun to dun to and it was that exact package and nothing else. Yep. I get it, but when people call their own car stages, but it's in quotes, it's okay. But uh, a lot of a lot of the other shops out there do build things as stages, but that's also an arbitrary number to like, yes. what? What do you what right. stage off of? Is it up? Is it how many parts you get? Is it how much power you get? And a lot of times it is parts and power. Right. Uh, it's like a way to bundle parts yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, basically, the question is, what is the sweet spot for modding 991 turbos for track day performance and reliability? So, good question, uh, Chris. That Your stage four tile, 68 millimeter, I'm assuming uh, you, you've probably clipped the, the hot housing or clipped the turbine wheel also. Um, intercoolers, exhaust tune. That you're there. That's it. You don't want to go more than that on a track. That you're probably making on a good fuel 750 wheel. Uh, that's that's. So you want to like if you go to the track. <laughs> if you go to the track, turn the boost down, and spend some money on suspension. Yeah. Um, but that's. I mean, you don't need more power than that. That's, that that you are in that sweet spot because after that. Uh, you got to do clutches. You got to do rods, head studs, a, a, a supplementary fuel system, or methanol. You're in a good spot. Isn't it? Wasn't it you who told me that, like, with modding like street slash track cars, that if you if you stop if you start having to modify shit that moves, mm-hmm. as opposed to like an intercooler, like that doesn't Static. that doesn't move. Like that, all it does is make the air colder. Right. Like that's okay. Like, but you start spinning things. Now you start to get into a realm of you know, it's, it's different amounts of heat and it's different amounts of this. But like everything affects everything yeah. so much. So you know, when there's a lot of if you look at our website, we, we the components, we could go bananas, right? But the components that I have on there work well with each other or work well on their own. Mm-hmm. You can go a lot more, but, you know, like, for example, an exhaust, a plenum, the, the intake manifold, the flower power printed powder murder she wrote intake manifold there, that is, uh, that's something you got to mod a lot of stuff to run that. <laughs> But it's a good name. Whoever came up with that, yeah, it's M- fun. Mitch from M Engineering came that's up with that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah. funny. The Flower Power uh, yeah. Print 
powder murder she is oh it's a 3d printed intake manifold intake manifold to run secondary injectors and a larger throttle body oh on a direct yeah so that's injection. when you run on like 1500 horsepower yeah. fucking runway motors right yeah exactly so don't you have to like not have air conditioning anymore to run that no we so you see all the funky shapes we we made it so it all it all fits in that okay. envelope <laughs> okay like, actually cool. go, go down a little further um Oh, never mind. That's as far as ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but anyways, that's 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 fun. That's cool. How much has additive uh, manufacturing changed the game? You know, it's it, it's a double-edged sword because you see the tech, and then you're like, oh, I can do so much more. It's like opening your eyes to a whole different realm, right? Like the suspension, you can move things now. You know, you're like, it changes the way you think about something mm-hmm. and manufacturing and low volume, high precise parts. Um, we approach, I, I believe we might have, might have approached this wrong. We saw the tech, we built stuff, and they were like, all right, well, who's, who's going to buy it? Well, people luckily are buying this stuff, right? I, I should have looked at what do, what does everybody want and how do I apply the tech to that, uh-huh. right? Instead, I was just like, oh, this builds cool, crazy, you know. <laughs> um, but it, it, I think the markets are, are, are turning in a point that it's more viable, for low low production run, even high, like mid mid level production run stuff, that's still cheaper than building tooling. Um, the, but you, you the thing that you always get caught up with is the the um, the post processing. You have you can't just make something. There's very few 3D printers out there that could make a finished product. A finished like product that. that doesn't have supports everywhere, right? So they there is new new algorithms and, and and software that comes out that you can do supportless printing, which that's opening the doors for a, a lot of other. Because you had three D printed those titanium headers and shit. Did those yeah. work? Yeah, it worked great. They do. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. headers, titanium exhaust. Like uh, there, there's a lot of three D printed parts on both of our Pikes cars because you can't afford. I can't afford to just go buy tooling for fifty grand for a small little part. Okay, but it's not necessarily it's 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 changed the game for the small volume manufacturer, but not necessarily because you can build a different shape in an additive manufacturer way. It's just because you don't have to have a tool made. Well, two, that's two pronged there. Yeah, you, you the, the the shapes are one thing, right? Yeah, and, and I meant I I meant the shapes. You you yeah, you gave me the other half of it. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, but looking at it. From the the tooling perspective and Mm -hmm. the post processing and a CNC machine and you know when you're subtractive manufacturing where you're taking the material away for the the end part yeah the waste yep like dimpling the inside of this pipe could you have done that without 3D printing before that's actually not 3D printed that's cast I knew I was gonna step on my own dick (laughs) it's all right I should have been like yeah it's 3D printed (laughs) no but you yeah you 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 can do all that stuff okay Um, it's so we that 3D printed intake manifold. Um, we started off with a billet prototype and, you know, you have four 260 pound chunks and you pull out a three and a half pound piece of material. And I'm just like, man, this is insane. You fill two 55 gallon drums of aluminum chips. Wow. It's just, you're like, what am Do I you doing here? you then get money back to recycle I like pennies, uh, pennies on it, you yeah. know? So that's why it's attractive to me because, you know, our stuff is typically low volume. Um, yeah. And there's, we have a passion for it. There is enough people out there that do a really good job in printing so it's it's working out cool cool shit uh let's see uh how noticeable ray says is the change in downforce as you go up pike's peak 
dot 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 because the air gets thinner. Right. Yeah. Good question. There is a notice. You do notice it. Uh, drivers oh, really? always say that you can, for some reason during race day, you never have enough rear arrow, even though you have a rear arrow balance. But it, you know, it's a lot of a culmination of warmer air, less density, things like that. So we always throw a little bit more either front or rear at it hmm. be, during race day. Wow. Um, but uh, on the way up the hill, there's a lot of other things that kind of overshadow the the downforce change because if you have aero balance you're just going to get less of it it's almost like you don't know your tires are going away but your lap times are slowing down mm-hmm. right that's just that feeling you get yeah it doesn't become unstable it's right. just proportionally less correct but your power is also going down correct. too yes. so yeah you know maybe you don't know because you can't even the whole, enter the corner as fast your tires anymore. are getting hotter yeah the whole thing just slowly becomes Changes. less it's not like it's also, not like the back gets light, correct, but the front right. doesn't, yeah, because that's yeah, not how yeah. it works. Right, right. Uh, Eric says, what books or website would you learn uh, recommend to learn about suspension, tuning, and adjustments? Any suggestions there? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what books or websites, but um, they're, they're actually, if th- there is a lot of information out there. If you just, yeah, let's, yeah. Um, what was the- Sam recommended this book for me that was called Tune to, to Win. Win. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think the art like- and science of race car development. Is that Claude Rydell has a sure? Yeah, he, he's got a good book. So it, it's ranked number seven of fourteen in the vehicles uh, dy- in dynamics. dynamics and handling category. Can you see the rest of that category? Uh, wait, where did you see that? Right spot? there. You're on it. It's ranked seven of fourteen. Oh no, that's just a. It's not a link, but I can find one. Whatever. But um, yeah, the, honestly, Google. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't really read. What was that enormous book that Thaddeus found? That was like from the '60s. Oh, it here's like, Carol Smith, Engineer to Win. Yeah, drive. Like he did a series of them. Engineer to Win, Drive to Win, and two uh, race to win. car vehicle dynamics. That's is also, it. Race car yeah, vehicle dynamics. That's, that's the one. That's exactly the one. It is a. It is a chonker. It, it's a lot, it but were. it gives you basic principles of of, of chassis dynamics. So, for yep. example, you, that, uh, he's got the KWs on his BMW. You know, if you're if you're understeering on corner exit, you know, give give a little more rear compression and add a little more front rebound. You know, those are the things that it'll give you all of those mm-hmm. little scenarios, which is pretty neat. This I can already tell is going to be a really hard question because he's asking something very specific. But uh, I'm going to try and change the wording of this one, Trevisio. What is the most important thing that a professional like yourself knows about setting up a car that the average car enthusiast might not know but would find helpful? Uh, Stiffer isn't better. Ah, For sure. So I mean, that's that's 100% all day. Compliant. I mean, our, our spring rates on the Pikes Peak cars are, are, are streetcar soft. You know, I mean, compliance, confidence, you, get, you build the, the suspension and the chassis up to not get all out speed for your clients, but you want them to be comfortable because they will ultimately be faster. You know, that, that you just have co- compliant, yeah. nice, soft chassis, but still provide support for like platform support. You can get that with sway bars, soft springs, big bars type of thing. Do you and you're running sequentials in those cars? Yeah, one of them. And one of the yeah. other one is just PDK. PDK. Yeah, is the sequential that much better at that application? Yeah, and it's a lot lighter too. Oh, uh, that's why yeah. it's lighter. Yeah, right. Because PDK is fucking fast. I mean, it's hard to believe. That PDK is quick, but it's still it's still when you drive a sequential car oh, to yeah. a PDK, it's still a slush box. It feels like a little bit. Yeah, 
You got, I'll get I've driven. You. I've driven your old car. That, that was too much. So <laughs> I, I there's another car, uh, Joe, one of our clients. We built. It, it actually originally started as a car that I was building for myself, but it has a paddle shifted sequential and a dot two GT three. Whoa. And nine nine seven, mm-hmm. and has one of our wild four liters in it. Spins to eighty five hundred or nine thousand. Um, you got to drive that car. It'll change your mind about sequentials on the street. Okay. Okay. Set of builds sure. the gearbox. I mean, it doesn't have that whine. You're not breaking your hand. You don't have to yeah. get the gas. We we programmed all the pad the, the auto blip. It has it has launch control. I drove one that had auto blip on that crazy fucking Viper. I drove for them guys in Texas. Right. Okay. The so, two thousand yeah, horsepower. That's Viper. a hard car to drive though. It was a paddle, or was it? No, it was yes. a lever. Okay, it was a challenge, but for two thousand horsepower, it was all right. That's pretty I mean, cool. it it wasn't that bad. Yeah, uh, it, it it got the job done. Uh, Caleb says uh, a friend of mine bought a nine nine seven Carrera four with a stick. What are some must do maintenance items for the now sixteen year old Porsche? Caleb, uh, whoever's been maintaining it, look at the um, the intermediate shaft. Uh, LNN makes an upgraded intermediate shaft. It's like an insurance policy for your engine. That's the first and foremost on that car. Right. And then everything else just, I mean, it's a great car. Um, Make sure. The rest of these are just kind of general. We could save them for a cruise show if you want. Uh, okay. You wanna, yeah, that's general stuff. We could save. We can save. Um, dude, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. You have murdered on the mountain. We'll be back. You guys think, oh, we, I, uh, what were the standings you got? I don't think we went through it. Um, the Raphael and the open car, we got first in class. Um, David Donahue and the TA1 car got third in class. The Bentley got us in second, and uh, Champion Motorsport got first. Um, you want me to make excuses? or <laughs> We got third place, and then Tanner got first place in class. Okay. Three yeah. podiums is excellent. Yeah, we. you know, uh, I think... The, the, uh, well, there's a historian uh, emailed us from Pikes Peak. She said that we might have been the first privateer team to ever enter three cars in three different classes and come away with podiums. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive feat. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And if yeah. you and you came in behind Bentley, but like it's Bentley owned by Volkswagen Group. Like they have a lot of money. And they got Reese Millen driving. They got Reese Millen. I mean, so funny story, real quick about Reese. Uh, Tanner was up there. We're he was scouting or they were doing something for filming and I was calling him to check in. Reese picks the phone up before Tanner can answer and goes, hello, second place. How are you? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just messed with me the entire time. Like he was just, he'd send me videos. He goes, oh, by the way, this is low boost. <laughs> it just, he was getting in my head so hard. Uh, but then rightfully so, that car was so outside of, of the realm of like, I was just hoping They'd put a wheel wrong, or like, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, they did break. They were yeah. on pace to set. They were on pace to just rip. I mean, he. If you watch his in car, it's heartbreaking. He was so fast in the first two sections, he broke like seven or eight corners in and had no boost and still beat us. Wow. Yeah, but he so, broke his like carbon intake, intake manifold, manifold yeah. like blew apart. Yeah. That's a question. But How, champion beat them. Yeah. The so cha- champion maybe had you need a, to watch them. Champ, champion had uh, a dry run. The, all the way up. Oh, right. David had mm-hmm. um, the first two sections were wet, mm. and then he had a dry run up top. So David actually put a, almost a full second on Champion in the third section, which Champion put like nine or eight seconds on our open car, which we had 1.6 seconds quicker on the lower on that car because their open car had the dry bottom with the. 
So it's yeah, it's like nerve wow. ring laps. Yeah. Like, oh well, it was raining on the south half Bingo. of the track. Yeah, but that's just what you have to do. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I said I, I, I can make excuses, but you know what? I, I'm so happy with what we've got. No, no, I did. I wasn't yeah. trying to find an excuse. I was yeah. just saying that, like, because you talked about how after seeing the Bentley, you need to redo your strategy and yep. whatever. And I was just because we hadn't talked about the fact that the the other only other car that was ahead of you was actually a 911 GT2 RS Club Sport. It was also, a, yeah, it was a, high, a, a nicely modified. Um, Club Sport with Romain Dumas behind the wheel. Right. So you have, he had a very good driver, but they don't. But you don't need to look to technical advantages that that team had. They had a, a great driver and a weather advantage, but but, but no, seems... they they did a good job too, though. They 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 threw a lot of time and money out of that program with the aerodynamics. They had, I mean, it was funny. We we had three people working on one of the cars up in the midsection, and they had seventeen. They they came to party, you know. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I have to rethink like the the yeah. competition that's coming. I can no longer show up this way. You know, even though I think we did well, I just have to. Do you rethink. think that the, the competition has become this because it's paved now, and yeah. people no longer have to build dirt rally cars, yep. and can just build a traditional, well, semi-traditional race car? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it it poses new challenges with closing speeds into brake zones and mid corner speeds. It, I mean, it, there are new challenges to it, but it will never be that that ominous dirt deal. You know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's still incredible. I, got, I think we got to go next year, Zach. Dude, it's, it's 100 we years. should go. It's amazing. You guys have to go. It's really amazing. Be, it feels bigger and smaller. We have to book it time. now. Yeah. I mean, I want. I'm. I'm thinking about our RV. French chef. Well, I mean, I can. I can cook. That's yeah, the thing. you can. I, I can't I do a fucking thing on a car, but I can make food. I'm good so every, at that. Every Friday night, um, the 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 people Kelly and Ray, the the house that we use, they they come in and cook for us. Nice. And it's awesome. I mean, they do a good job, and it gives. It gives Henry like a break, you know, because he he's up in the morning. There's coffee ready at two a.m. You know, he, he and he's such a rad guy. He's actually coming out to visit here uh, in the next couple of days. But he's, you know, it, it kind of just ties the whole thing together. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, sounds like a good time. It's awesome. So fun. Yeah, cool. Uh, spend money at Batim's place, please. BBI Autosport, Huntington Beach. Uh, you don't have to bring your car to him. You can just buy parts if you want. If you want to send your car to him. Fucking uh, flip a few pages of your calendar, and we have had it's some shirts be a while, too. and buy some swag. <laughs> some of the swag that we're going to get for free, right? Zach? That's correct. Yep. And there it is. Um, oh, that's one more thing. Can I just hmm. drop something real quick? Yeah. The Fourth of July sale, fifteen percent off. The, the coolest thing that we've we did, we linked up with the uh, Little Warriors Foundation. Uh, it's it's to raise awareness about uh, pediatric sarcoma. Oh. Uh, it's a it's a it's a bone and joint cancer that. Uh, that I'm learning a lot about. It, and it's it, the girl who, uh, her name's Lucy. So she, a guy from Optima has a cousin named Lucy and said, hey, Lucy, your car's named Lucy. Can we get, do something? And, I, you know, we fell in love. It was awesome. So she, uh, her and her whole family came out on behalf of the foundation and uh, we had a blast with them. We, we, they were they were there the whole weekend. It was really, really cool. So nice. I fell in love. Uh, I will never do another event in the public side without tying it to some sort of charity because you know you we have we do not we don't need the race but you need we need to raise some sort of awareness for something and there's so many out there but it's it was very educational it was awesome all right so that's at uh drive.littlewarrior.org uh is the site and that's also can can we see it also through your bbiautosport.com there's probably a it's right on the home page there right on the home page right on the home page perfect there it is Perfect. Every donation gets an entry for a ride along with Tanner Faust on the track. 
And then, I, I might even throw a ride along with Lucy in, in, or in in one of the GT cars oh, somewhere. You have a two car hauler. I mean, you might as well. Yeah, right? you know, we got to we got to bring <laughs> yeah, two you cars. You might as well, right? Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Thanks for coming to see us. We Thank appreciate you. your uh, your time. Thanks for having Glad me. you did so well this year. That's fucking so yeah, sick. Yeah, you, you should guys. be stoked. Yeah, I am. Yeah, so, we I know are, you're looking to next year, but you should be stoked. Yeah, we are stoked. That was great. And remember, like a year ago, and I was like, "Hey, can I borrow that Pike Speed car? Because I need like filler for yes, my place." And I do now remember. I'm like, "Actually, I don't even have room if you paid me." You're right, exactly. <laughs> so that's good. That is, that is good. I'm so like when I walked in here, I was so happy to see the the full house, and it's so impressive, and it, it, it it's and full. I remember you telling. Full is good. Do you remember when you were, you asked me a question when we, you when you were in the old building over there? You said, "What's it like to have employees and this and that and all the business?" We oh, talked yeah. about it, and here you are. Nice with smooth, employees. Nice, well-oiled machine. You got a full house. You're happy. I love it. Floors I'm, are clean. I'm Place stoked. hasn't burned down yet. Stoked for you. Yeah, we're good. Good. We all right. Awesome. That's our show, folks. Uh, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Zach is uh, is is back in the hood, so we're gonna have. Uh, are we doing? We, well, we have Magnus in studio on Tuesday, talking about season two of or, no on Monday. Magnus on Monday, talking about uh, next big thing mm-hmm. on Haggerty season Network, two. and then we're also going to have a crew show next week. It might be Tuesday, I think. Okay, nice. Cool. Yes, yes. This is important. This is important. But anyone, anyway, have a very good weekend, and uh, we'll see you all later. Thank you for spending time with us this afternoon. Bye. Yeah, thanks for having me. See ya. Yeah.